Welcome to the exam room. I'm Dr. Neil Barnard, and today we are going to talk about America's favorite nutrition topic, protein. If you're a vegetarian or a vegetarian wannabe or you're following a vegan diet, you are probably tired of people asking you, where do you get your protein? I can see you nodding your head right now. Well, we're going to tackle that and a whole lot more in today's program. I think you're going to really enjoy this, and this is a program you are going to want to share with other people. Uh, we're going to talk about where protein comes from, how much of it is in the diet that you're eating right now. What if you're an athlete? Do you have higher protein needs? You do. Can you get them from a plant-based diet? We're going to tackle that question. You'll learn about all the essential amino acids. We're going to make it simple. We're going to break it down for you in today's program. And we're also going to look at what I'm going to call the plant-based superfoods that in and of themselves give you the protein you need and a whole lot more as well. So let's get started. Here's weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. The Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Thank you, Dr. Barnard. I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. On Twitter, at Chuck Carroll, WLC, the show, at PCRM, and my guest, at J.F. Loomis, MD. We welcome the medical director from the Barnard Medical Center, Dr. Jim Loomis. Welcome to the show, my man. Thank you, Chuck. Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. We are talking about protein this week, the protein myth. This is often talked about when it comes to plant-based. You're laughing. I'm sure that this is pretty much all you talk right. about, right? Yeah. The number one question, right? Obviously. where do you get your protein? So Exactly. So you're giving all these interviews to all these different outlets, and I was like, I'm feeling left out, and I'm only two floors <laughs> down. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull him downstairs to talk about this. So uh, let, let's start with this. I always like to start from the 50,000-foot view. Sure. And and kind of work our way down. Yeah. Uh, protein, we hear about it, we think that it builds muscles, but really, what is protein? So protein is a very, very important part of um, uh, our bodies, really. Um, our muscle cells, our muscles are made out of protein. You know, Our connective tissue is made out of protein. We have enzymes, we have antibodies, all of which are fundamentally made from protein. And what proteins are, are they're strings of amino acids, um, which get strung together uh, to create the specific proteins that we need, uh, depending on, you know, if we need to repair tissue. And there's a, kind of a normal wear and tear in our bodies that when we break down protein and, and, and we have to re repair that, if you will, by the protein that we ingest in our food. Uh, and, and how exactly does the body break it down? Well, so what, when we ingest protein in our food, we don't actually absorb the protein. Okay. What, what we do is, as I, as I said, proteins are made up of strings of amino acids. And there's some amino acids that um, um, our bodies can't make. Right. And those are called essential amino acids. We have to get those from our foods. There's some amino acids, however, that our bodies are capable of making. So when we consume dietary protein, th that protein is broken apart in our intestine into the component amino acids, and those amino acids are absorbed into our bodies, and then they're reassembled to create the, this very specific proteins that we need. Um, and, you know, if we, we can, again, make some of those amino acids, but the essential amino acids in particular, we have to get from a dietary source. Now, you mentioned amino acids. That is a perfect segue to my next question. You get all the amino acids that you need in one shot. It's called a complete protein. So, 
more scientifically, what is the complete protein? Well, so I think that this is one of the places where the train comes off the track oftentimes. Okay. There's this kind of mythology. We, we, you know, meat, uh, beef, chicken, fish, uh, typically are com- what we call complete protein. So they have all the ame- all the essential amino acids that our bodies can't make. Um, and one of the arguments against a whole food plant-based diet is, well, you know, you, you can't get complete proteins. But that's just, in fact, not true. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, there are lots of um, – uh, there, there are many plant-based sources of complete protein, soybeans. Many of the legumes are complete. The other thing is, is we, you know, we, when we eat a whole food healthy diet and we get a wide variety of food, we're going to get all the protein that we need. This idea that we need to mix and match proteins um, um, to, to complete our protein, kind of the complement of amino acids we have, just, just isn't true. Right. So you can eat, you know, three of the essential amino acids with breakfast. You get the rest with lunch. You put it together. You're just as well, I mean, right? it's, Yeah, and you don't even need to worry about it. Right. Again, I mean, it's not something that you really even need to think about. Um, we, when we eat a whole food plant-based diet, it's, as long as you get enough calories, mm-hmm. it is impossible. And this has been – this is borne out by research. It is impossible – to, to become deficient in an individual amino acid. Is that right? It is. Impossible. Impossible. All right. Well, hypothetically speaking, if a person eats the same food, just one food, but they're getting their 2,000 calories every day, it is not a complete protein. Mm-hmm. What happens then? Well, then, you know, the, the, there are some proteins that we can't make, and so we do need to eat. We need do need to be sure we're getting enough protein. But right. the point is, again, that's why I said you have to get enough calories. Right. As long as you're getting enough calories, uh, there's there's not an issue. That's, that's incredible to me. Now, here's the thing why I really wanted to have you on. Of course, you, you're more than capable of explaining what the protein is, how it helps, and et cetera, et cetera. But you have a background working with athletes. Right. You were just in the documentary Game Changers, right. big, big in the plant-based world. Um, and more and more, we're seeing athletes come out and they say, hey, we can do this with the plant-based diet. And there was a quote from Arnold Schwarzenegger, right. of all people. He said, quote, when it comes to protein, you can get it through vegetables. If you're a vegetarian, I have seen many bodybuilders that are vegetarian and they get strong and healthy. That's a heck of a quote coming yeah, from yeah. the ultimate bodybuilder. Yeah. So I had the pleasure of meeting Patrick Baboumian, who's um, uh, a German strongman and actually holds the world record for the most weight ever carried by a human being. Mm. Uh, he carried it on a yoke. A yoke lift is this contraption you, you carry it and it's got... Uh, they put weight on it and you carry it 10 or 15 meters he carried 1250 pounds and um he's in the movie and and i got to hang out with him um um, at the world premiere out at sundance this year and 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 he said that you know once a a reporter asked him said patrick uh, you're strong as an ox and he said well have you ever seen what an ox eats um (laughs) because i i think this idea again that that we have to eat meat is just a complete fallacy i mean the protein when we you know when we eat that big steak Mm -hmm. right to get our protein where did the protein come from Grass, the grass, right, yeah. the plants, right. You know, you don't turn on National Geographic and see a special on mountain gorillas or or, or or elephants, and the first thing that pops in your mind is, oh my God, where do you get their their protein, right? And they are they are um, um, they are herbivores. They right. just eat they just eat um, uh, plants, and and you know, every day you hear about another athlete who's gone plant based, and and again. 
the the thing I try to emphasize to patients, um, and even you know my and even people amateur uh, athletes. Uh, in many ways, we're all athletes, right? Sure. I mean, every time you climb a set of stairs, you're performing. An, it's an athletic performance. Where's my gold medal, Jim? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so um, um, is that the idea that we need to get extra protein? Is also a fallacy, right? Because there are there are adverse consequences for the overconsumption of protein. Um, we it can increase your risk for heart disease, diabetes, uh, certain cancers. Uh, it may actually increase your risk for osteoporosis. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, um, the the idea is this: when we, if you're training for a mar- so if you if you're if you're just eating kind of a normal average, say two thousand calories a day. Um, plant-based diet provides you about 15% protein. So right. if you do the math backwards, there's about four grams per calorie, four calories per gram of protein. So if you take 15% of the 2,000 and work out how many grams that is, for the average size individual, that's right around one gram per kilogram, which right. is a, the RDA, recommended daily allowance, is about 0.8. Now, athletes do need a little bit more, not a ton. Endurance athletes maybe need 1.2 to 1.6. A strength trained athlete may need one five to two somewhere in that mm-hmm. range but if you're training for a marathon or you're an olympic bodybuilder i mean you're an olympic uh, uh, weightlifter or you're, you're a bodybuilder guess what you're not eating two thousand calories you might be eating four thousand calories so guess what happens to your protein intake if you double your cal- exactly yeah. exactly so it's not it's not protein per se we have to worry about and as an athlete it's calories and as long as you get enough calories you're going to get enough protein and i can't emphasize that enough and invariably i give this talk and you know the first the first question is but where do i get my protein right <laughs> so it's i I, last year at our conference, um, we I did a co-presentation with Rich Roll, and and sure enough, the first question, and and Rich really gets upset <laughs> with those kind of questions because it's, it really is that simple. But here's the thing: it, it wasn't long ago that uh, I was at the doctor's office and I was explaining how uh, I, I went to a vegan diet, and the first thing that the doctor asked me, the doctor, right, where are you getting your protein from? Right. And right. I, I guess I had kind of the same Rich Roll reaction, you know, having worked here for so long now. Yeah. It's like. Come on, Doc. Come right. on. Let right. me hold your hand and show you the light. Yeah. yeah. We're just not taught. I mean, you know, the a- average medical student gets less than 20 hours. I think the average is about 14.3 hours right. of nutrition education in right. medical school. And, and and certainly I didn't learn anything about this mm-hmm. stuff. And, and you know, b- basically what we learn about is not about nutrition. It's about what happens if you don't get enough nutrition. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have a great slide I use in my talks that, you know, just to be sure about this protein business, I stopped by the protein deficiency ward at the hospital on my way to the talk, and you know it's a, a, a picture of empty beds. Uh, so. <laughs> um, nonetheless, we're making progress with athletes, it's gaining steam. More and more people yep. are exploring it, and big name athletes at that. But there are still naysayers in the locker room. I'm curious. Think back to your time working for the Rams. Think back to your time working for the Cardinals. If you were to have approached one of those players and said, hey, why don't you look at going with the plant-based diet? I think that that could really benefit you. What do you think their reaction would have been? Well, I think that even to this day, I think it'd be pretty much the same. Although you're starting to see inroads. I I think they they would have they would have not believed the word I said mm-hmm. because there's so much what well, you know what we call bro science right right it, within the locker room and and you know they see these guys that are big and strong and they are they're they're amazing um, and how do they get there well they got there eating you know eating meat eating using protein powders and such as that I mean you go to the pregame meal before a Rams game 
you know, the breakfast before a noon game, I mean, there would be steak and chicken and pasta and, and, and such because that this mindset. And that's it is very difficult to change. Although, you know, again, I think you're finally starting to see people start to understand. And the proof is in the pudding. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the, I think that most of the defensive line for the Tennessee Titans has recently gone That's right. plant-based. Uh, Griff Whalen, who was with uh, the Miami Dolphins and, and I think the Colts for a while, is, uh, is, is, is plant-based. In fact, there's one of the defensive ends, I believe, for the Redskins is now plant-based. Yeah, uh, DJ Swearinger, right. uh, the defensive back. And um, the thing that struck me when I had the chance to go out to Ashburn to the training facility um, last season was, and and this was late in the year, week 16, week 17, you know, one, right. one game left. And everybody's walking around, you know, the walking wounded. You would right. think that they had just come off the battlefield. And here's Swearinger. He's essentially skipping down the halls. Right. And he was just singing the praises because of the plant-based diet's anti-inflammatory properties. Oh, right, right. And I think that's the beauty of it, right? Because because I think one of the problems we have with the way we think about nutrition today, whether it be, you know, nutrition in our personal lives but or sports nutrition. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I would argue there's no such thing as sports nutrition. Right. right? Um, is that is this whole, whole concept of, of nutritional reduction? Yeah. Right. So, so in this current phase, so what, what ends up happening is we stop talking about food. Mm-hmm. Right. We we talk about what food's made out of, and we're about where are we going to get our protein, and where are we going to get our fiber, and we want to be careful about fat. We want to limit our carbs. Um, and and when we do that, it leads to this practice of of you know protein powders and 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 such. So we have this idea: if I can, I can use a, a sports drink to get my sugar carbohydrates after and electrolytes and I can take a protein shake and on and on and mm-hmm. on but when we step back and really flip the equation and really start talking about food uh, real food so not only do you get the protein that you need but you get these very powerful antioxidants um, you know and anti-inflammatory compounds which only come from plants by the way right you get the optimum amount of carbohydrates that you need to, to refill your muscle glycogen after a, a hard workout or a hard game, so so really it's the perfect package. And 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 again, it's it when we shift the conversation fr- from what food's made out of back to food, then then the the benefits are amazing. And and I you see this every day. And in the recovery, in fact, if you when you talk to the athletes, what you'll hear over and over and over is is how profoundly you know how much quicker they recover. Um, from from a hard workout or a, or a hard or a game, um, and and again, it's, so pr- protein is just part of that package. Yeah, it doesn't matter what the sport is. I mean, Dotsie Bausch, the cyclists, right. the football players, baseball players, professional wrestlers. Uh, yeah. You know, literally anybody. Right. Uh, let's end with this: game changers. Uh, we we talked about that a little bit, making big waves in the in the plant based world. Right. Still waiting on that big release, but right. it seems to be gaining steam because God knows you've gone to a ton of screenings and given yeah. a. Ton it's, talks. it's really been amazing, and I'm I'm really feel blessed to be uh, have been uh, invited and, and been, had the opportunity to work on that project. Uh, Luis Ahoyas, the director, won an Academy Award for his uh, documentary *The Cove* about dolphin fishing in in, in, uh, in Japan a, a number of years ago. Uh, you know, James Wilkes, who's the, the, one of the producers, along with Joseph Pace. Uh, James is an ex-MMA fighter who um, 
um, uh, when he was recovering from an injury, did a deep dive into kind of optimum nutrition uh, to help him recover. And what he came, you know, when he came up for air, it was about he had discovered plant-based nutrition is really the key. And you know, being to work with, being able to meet and and, and all of these amazing athletes like Griff and Dotsie and Patrick Babumian and uh, Kendrick Ferris, who's a world record holder for, in Olympic uh, weightlifting, mm-hmm. uh, Brian Jennings, a professional boxer. I mean, the list goes. The list could go on. Uh, Liliana Munter, who's a NASCAR driver. Yeah. Um, I mean, the list goes on. And these incredible athletes who who um, um, you know have really have really show the power of, of a plant-based diet from, from a, in, in athletic performance. Last question. Uh, you go into it knowing a ton about protein, but I guess what, what is your big takeaway from that experience, Ben? What have you learned from interacting with all of these athletes doing all of this press for this documentary? I would imagine you're taking away something pretty profound. Well, I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I, so one thing I, you discover is, is that, that, you know, there's a connection between the food we eat and the environment. There's a, between compassion and how we treat each other and, and animals. And I think that what I learned was is that that that, that how the, the a plant-based diet really transcends this just the athletic part of it. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone who has moved to a plant-based diet, you know, really has you know it's the compassion that kind of comes along with when you stop eating animals and, and such. I, I think that's probably the thing that's been. Uh, fairly profound. Like myself, I went, I moved to a plant-based diet personally for my own personal health reasons, mm-hmm. but certainly understanding now the impact of, of plant-based, of, of, of our dietary habits and our food ways on the environment, not to mention how we treat the animals that we eat. And, and I think that, that, that every athlete I've met has had a similar kind of uh, transformation in their own relationship uh, to, to the people and the, the, the animal, the, the living creatures around them. Yeah, you really do. You go into it for one reason, and I was the same way, and you learn about this completely other side of it. Right. And it's really eye-opening. Right, So sure. We will leave it at that, at J.F. Loomis, MD, on Twitter, a must-follow. Dr. Jim Loomis, medical director up at the Barnard Medical Center. And you can visit, schedule an appointment if you're in the Washington area, barnardmedical.org. Appreciate you taking sure, time. I know you got to run. Time. Yeah, you, you got to go do another interview, yeah. man. Thank <laughs> you for finally making it downstairs right, and doing right, this one. Anytime. You're listening to the Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee. The weight loss champion Chuck Carroll here with you on Twitter and Instagram at Chuck Carroll WLC, the show at PCRM, and also on Facebook. Just search out the Physicians Committee and give it a like. You know, I've talked to a lot of people since we began this show, but the one person who I have not spoken to is the person who is responsible for my speaking to you today, and he is a professional wrestler by the name of Austin Aries. So, Austin, welcome to the show, my friend. Chuck, man, it's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm so happy to be here. I can't even tell you. Uh, thanks for having me. It's awesome. Well, dude, no, thank you. Let me, let me just be trite here right up front. Thank you for changing my life because the last time you and I spoke was uh, 
I guess doing an interview rather was about this time last year and you told me to watch the documentary what the health and I you know had already lost 265 pounds I thought that I was healthy but then you had just released your book my plant power journey from the bingo halls to the big time you said watch this documentary what the health and I did bro and I never took another bite of meat I've never had another dairy product since then and I have never felt better and so for that i am eternally grateful to you good sir i don't say man that's awesome like uh that that's uh every time i hear it every time and now you're and, and, the, and this is the cool thing about that man is, is uh you know, we got to know each other through wrestling and sports a little bit and 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 you know by me kind of sharing my passion for this it touched you in a way that it changed your life and now in return you're doing that for so many more people and that's that's kind of what this network, uh, and this is how we really can create really, you know, lasting and meaningful change across the globe is, is by one hand reaching out and then that person extending their hand to others and, and continuing that trend. So, man, um, uh, thank you uh, for having me and, and thank you for sharing that. After that conversation, I mean, I, I approached the Physicians Committee about the idea of doing this podcast. A few uh, meetings later, we get the green light, and then I put in my notice at NBC, and we've been off and running, and now like hundreds of thousands of people listen to this thing, and it's just the best feeling in the world, man. It really, truly is. It's awesome. Yeah, I just, uh, I just you know, recently, again, I, I get to travel around. I'm really, you know, grateful and I get to travel all over the world for my job and, and meet so many people from, from, again, different parts of the, the world, different cultures, different lifestyles. And, uh, but, you know, when I'm out there, I'm meeting people and, and, you know, I'm talking about my book and they're buying it. And I have people come up just like you and say, hey, you know, I, I bought your book online. I've had it, you know, six months and I've lost 40 pounds. You know, I'm already off one or two of my medications. Um, you know, that's, that's why I, I guess I am more outspoken about my lifestyle choice. It's not to uh, it's not to judge people or to be one of those you know preachy vegans, so to speak. But for every person who doesn't give a uh, you know give a care about it, I caught myself there, Chuck. I caught myself <laughs> for it. For, for everybody who doesn't give a care, that's a new one we're gonna throw out there. Um, there's people who, who who are inspired and who just need that little nudge or that little bit of information. Um, you know, to, to help change their life. And, and it's so important that we, you know, we, we do just like you're doing with this, spread that message for those people who, who do want that education and do want that information because they're not happy with the way their lives are right now. Now, let's talk about your particular story, because that also touched me. Uh, you grew up in Wisconsin, I do believe, which is just very much pro-meat, pro-dairy, but somehow you you saw the light after all that time. So when, when did you first kind of learn about this plant-based dieting and kind of figure that, hey, this can really help me as an athlete? Uh, well, yeah, I mean... Uh... We wear cheese on our head, Chuck, uh, to support our football team. I mean, it doesn't, uh, you know, they have, they have the sausages race around the uh, the baseball diamond for uh, right. Brewers game. Yep. And so it's, it, it, you can't get more meat there than Wisconsin. Um, you know, I I think, and again, I talk about my book, all these little moments growing up where, where things just didn't quite resonate. They didn't, like, it didn't click. It didn't resonate. Think something seemed a little off. It, it didn't sit right with me, you know. Whether and and uh, but you push it down. I mean, it, it, society makes it easy to put your head back in the sand and not think about the realities of where the food comes from, uh, what it, what it really does to us. Um, so along the way, I eventually things clicked. You know, once I got out on my own, tried the college thing, started and then and then started into professional wrestling. 
you know, I had, I had the opportunity before wrestling to do some traveling around the country, which I hadn't really been outside the Midwest much. And through this, you know, meeting some different people, some different thought processes and lifestyles, the idea that red meat and pork wasn't good for me was introduced. And that was something I hadn't really thought about, you know, and, and just that simple thought of, like, what do you mean red meat and pork isn't good for me? I started thinking about my food choices. That wasn't something that, again, anywhere along my way, anyone made seem important. And it's so funny, we, you know, the, the time and thought and, and, and money that we spend into our appearance, you know, the things that we put outside uh, onto our bodies, the clothes we wear, whether we do our hair or our makeup for ladies, uh, the way I shake my facial hair, which can be time-consuming at times, Chuck. We think about these things, right, and, and, and we're marketed to think about these things, but then when it comes to, to the thought and to what we put in our bodies and what is that good for us, is it bad for us, where did it come from, what's in it, we put so little thought and care, and a lot of times not willing to put our money into it. Um, and, and so that, to me, is where I started questioning, well, what is that? And the more things that I started to discover, the more I realized how, how you know, astray we were being led and how detrimental it was to not only our health, but the environment, the animals, and across the board. Right. And, you know, you being so dairy heavy up there, I remember taping an episode of this podcast with Dr. Uh, Neil Barnard a few months ago, and we called it The Cheese Trap. That's the name of his book. And he was explaining to me just how addictive cheese is. It has a property in it called casomorphine. And, and morphine, I mean, it's it's a legitimate narcotic. He said it's like maybe less than 10% the potency of heroin, but it's still got that same sort of addictive quality to it if you eat enough. And that's why people have such a hard time taking this out of their diet, even though it's the worst possible thing in the world that they could be eating. Sure. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, you know, listen, we're genetically predispositioned to seek out certain things, uh, you know, just, just from a, from a genetic makeup. Um, but we're no longer, you know, we're no longer in an environment where we can't get those things easily, and and corporations know that, so so they feed it to us uh, as much as they can because that means more money for them, you know, whether it's fats, sugar, salts, or you know, drugs, uh, drug-like, you know, properties that a lot of these foods also have. Oh yeah, man, and um, one of the things that the cool thing about working at the physicians committee is like their resources here are really impressive and they have a whole legal branch and one of the things that they do is they file FOIA requests, Freedom of Information Act requests and they did this for the dairy industry and what they learned is that through um, this thing called uh, Dairy Management Inc, DMI, uh, which is government funded, um, they go and they actually put um, I guess you could call them food scientists in bed with these mega food corporations and they sit in these little think tanks and that's the reason why you get, you know, this pizza with an extra pound of cheese or the, you know, triple sure. cheese bacon cheeseburger. That's where all of that stuff comes from. It, the idea behind it is to get people to consume more cheese and generate more revenue for the dairy industry. It makes me angry, Chuck, and I ask, well, where's the conscience? You know, for me, we, you know, and I don't want to turn this into in, in, in a governmental thing, but, but at the end of the day, for me, the only the only role of government is to be the conscience and the checks and balances to make sure things like that aren't, aren't disproportionate and out of control. Right. Because because that's like completely unnecessary, and that and, and, and what that's doing is preying is preying on, on the consumers uh, with no regard for their for their safety, their health, or their well being. Uh, there's no. There's none, there's none of those scientists that sit in that room and think that what they're concocting is in any way, shape, or form healthy for the consumer or good for them. Right. And, right. and there's something. And there's something. There's something wrong with that at the core, and that's 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 the problem right now. With, you know, in my opinion, uh, the current system is, is is that it's ruled by greed, 
and we put people over, we put profits over people, uh, to, you know, continue to put profits over people. And, that, and, that, and that's the thing I don't think the general consumer understands what, that they're fighting against when they walk into the supermarket or when they, when they you know, decide where they go to eat for the evening. Right. There's been so much money thought, product, uh, you know, put into uh, to, to luring them in. Austin Aries, the Impact Wrestling Champion, my guest on the show right now. Food Fight, my plant-powered journey from the bingo halls to the big time, available now at theaustinaries.com. A really cool read, the fact that you shared your story on there. I want to circle back to that because one of the things that I did not realize about you until I, I read the book was not only were you eating this unhealthy diet, but your lifestyle overall wasn't that healthy as well. You, you were quite the heavy smoker, weren't you? Uh, for about five years, yeah, you know, I started like 15, you know, about, you know, about a pack a day probably for about five years. I, I quit when I was 20. Right. Um, you know, smoking cigarettes. Uh, but, um, yeah, you know, listen, I, I, I experimented with, with, my, with my different substances. You know, I think a lot, we do a lot of that in, in our youth. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I always try to be, if there's such thing, responsible and always knowing, knowing where to draw the line. Um, you know, and listen, there's, you know... People, 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 you know, look their nose down or shake their finger at certain things. But we live in a drug culture, whether it's a, a pill pharmaceutically, or it's coming from your cheese, or it's or it's being grown in the ground, uh, coming from a plant. Um, you know, obviously that's that's a huge part of our culture. And uh, at the end of the day, I feel like you know I'm not here to judge how people live their lives. Uh, you know, I certainly don't preach my veganism as a way to judge people how to live their life. I, I believe we should all live it as we, as we choose. We should be able to do that with uh, with with transparency and and the information added to us, and that uh, we should all be able to pick our poisons carefully. Uh, now, I want you to think back to that twenty-year-old Austin Aries who's sitting there with a cigarette in his hand and and probably a steak yeah. on his plate. Um, I, I want you to think. So, could you? Yeah, wait, 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 Chuck, a steak on my plate? How much would you? You think I was rolling in money when I was twenty? That was a. Uh, that was probably a, that was probably like a, a two for three dollar hot ham and cheese from Hardee's or something. <laughs> whatever the, on my in front of there, so yeah. Well, whatever I'm, it I'm is. Talking, I'm, talking, I'm talking mac and cheese and a cigarette. Yeah. Okay. So so the blue box right. and the box of reds. All right. So that's what we got there. there you go. So you're yes, sitting sir. there. You're 20 years old. You're munching down on your blue box mac and cheese so you don't get the blue box blues. Yeah. Did you ever yes. think in a million years that flash forward to present day that you'd be eating this plant-based diet, you would have given up the smokes, and you'd be out inspiring people with your particular story of change? Uh, 100% not. Nope, not, not at all. You know, and I think at that age, I was just trying to figure out who I was and what was, uh, what was important to me. But I was also, you know, I was also product of my environment, the things I grew up around and saw around me. I think I talk about that in my book. But I, what I was doing at, that, at my age wasn't uh, very normal from what I grew up and saw around me. Right. You know, and I think, again, you know, when you talk about my, my career of professional wrestling, I, you know, I would say the greatest gift it's given me, um, you know, has been, been the ability to travel because that opened up my worldview and it opened up my mind so much more that there's other ways to live life and that, you know, what we see around us. Um, you know, it's, uh, again, it's, it's in a lot of ways completely made up, right? And we get to dictate and shape what our reality is. You know, we get to make our realities and our decisions of what's right and what's wrong and the way it should be. And, uh, and so that really let, started leading me, uh, you know, down my path of where my life is now. But yeah, 20 years old, I, I honestly, I was lost. I, I don't think I would have been able to, ever been able to predict where I'd be uh, 20 years down the road. 
Well, bro, who who knows, you know, who they truly are at 20 years old. There's no shame sure. in not knowing that. But I, I want to ask you this. So you you start wrestling and you have not yet changed your diet. At, at what point um, did you start to see the difference between uh, how you felt physically from eliminating that dairy and meat from your diet versus where you were when you first started training? Like, were you able to tell like, wow, you know, my body's recovering so much more quickly or, you know, I just got some more pep in my step? Uh, well, so, you know, I, I started changing my diet when I started, you know, I started training to wrestle, which was, you know, I think I want to say July, uh, June or July of 2000. Uh, just from a standpoint is, is, you know, I grew up an athlete. But I, but I also wasn't very educated in, in nutrition. I wasn't very educated in weight training. You know, I grew up, I grew up playing uh, baseball predominantly. Um, you know, when I got to college, uh, you know, I quickly, you know, traded in, uh, you know, my baseball jersey for a beer league softball jersey. And uh, <laughs> so by the time I got, by the time I, you know, but hey, I was a beer league all-star. I was a bar Olympic champion. I won a karaoke contest, the bank contest. It was like a triple crown at the bar, <laughs> the bar sports that year, my freshman year. I was a phenom, Chuck, I'm telling you. My, my name was on the plaque in the bar. I'm taking my grandparents for a drink. I'm, I'm 18 years old. The bartenders tell me this one's out of the house. They're looking at me confused. So you're not old enough to be in here. Well, this thing says otherwise, look, my, name, my name's on the wall. There you go. Um, so that's that's the direction things were going. So uh, when, I, when I got it back in, when I got into wrestling, I knew I had to get back into being uh, you know, an athlete, and I had to really start educating myself about lifting weights and eating right. You know, I knew I had to, I knew I had to put that in to look the part. You know, I'm, not, I'm not naturally a large, a large fellow, so I had to get myself looking like a professional wrestler and also in the kind of condition you have to be in to give me, you know, take that kind of abuse. So, but, you know, I was still subscribing to the conventional wisdom of, you know, chicken breasts mm-hmm. and, and eggs and, you know, protein, protein, protein. So, but I was at least starting to be mindful. And then one day I was just making the chicken breast and it just, I had had enough and it just, it, it, it had no appeal to me and I just decided it was disgusting and, and I was kind of done with the whole meat thing. Um, but I still, you know, I look back in my early transition, it wasn't necessarily a healthy one. I replaced a lot of the meatless stuff or, you know, the meat, the meat products, a lot of the, the kind of um, corporate meatless products that, that now I look back at the ingredients list and realize weren't probably very good for me. I was still eating heavy dairy, uh, whey protein. So it wasn't until about, you know, 12 years into my vegetarian journey, about seven, about, yeah, about seven years ago now, um, that I cut the dairy and, and the eggs out. And so it was a slow transition. So I don't know that there was ever this moment where I said, oh, wow, I feel so much different. Because for me, and I think for, you know, for a lot of people it works this way, it was a, it was a, it was a progression. You know, the meat, the meat stuff kind of happened overnight, but that also correlated with me hitting the gym and, and just trying to eat right. So, of course, I saw great results, but I can't attribute it necessarily to cutting out meat. Right. Um, but I'll tell you what, uh, you know, now going on 18 years into this industry, um, I feel pretty good for my age. I'm moving pretty good for my age. Um, you know, and I attribute a lot of that to the fact that I've had this diet now for my whole career. So I don't know that I, on the front end, saw, saw the, the, the real change. I feel on the back end I'm really reaping the benefits now as I'm getting into the second half of my career that I'm still operating at a high level um, and feeling pretty good. And I do think I recovered quicker I think my body's more resilient, um, and, and I do attribute a lot of that to uh, the way I've been eating for the last now, you know, 17 years. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, and that's a that's a big part of what we do here at the Physicians Committee is preventative medicine. 
through nutrition. And I think that if you invest a little bit more in food up front, you're going to save a lot more money down the road because it's not about extending your life, which, okay, yeah, that's wonderful. That can happen. But think about just the overall quality of your life, you know, how much better that is because you aren't in pain constantly. That to me is one of the biggest benefits that comes with this diet. Absolutely. 100%. So let me ask you this, man. You're on the road always, um, and this is a question that gets posed quite often from listeners. They always want to know when we have guests on. What are your tips? What are your tricks for making sure that you're still eating healthfully while you're on the road? You're staying in hotels night after night. Uh, always be prepared. I mean, that's, that, that's, that's the easiest one. I think that's for anybody who, who travels a lot. And, and I say it doesn't matter really what. If you're trying to eat healthy, no matter what you think healthy is, and some people think chicken breasts are healthy, I, I disagree, but some people think that you know, that's the way to help. If you're trying to be mindful of your diet, almost everybody I know travels with some type of food, some type of cooler, right? Yeah. Um, because you always want to have something for those times because you might be weird hours, so when the show's getting out at you know, 11 at night or you're getting out of a venue at midnight, your options are going to be limited no matter what you eat. So here, so I just always try to have something with me. Uh, but, but here's the cool thing. I do get to travel so much. So one of my great joys is when I get to a new town or a city or, or a place I've been is to find a, a, a great, you know, vegan, you know, uh, cafe, restaurant, uh, Whole Foods type of grocery store, you know, and, and it's been really cool. It's, I've literally been around the, the, the globe in the last six months, and I've yet to not be able to find a place. I've been in some obscure places where you're like, ah, I might not be able to find something here in Oyotitambo, Peru. <laughs> and and then all of a sudden there's this, there's this like, you know, uh, medicinal vegan raw food place. You know, you're like, okay. What? Which is good. Yeah, you know, it's just, you know, they got yogurt glasses tomorrow morning. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be here. So uh, i gotta I got to head back to the States. But yeah, uh, so, you know, in Chile, you know, I was just in Chile and... One of the other wrestlers' family's business is they own a vegan uh, restaurant, and so we went there and had, had you know had uh, lunch the following day before I left. Um, so you know, whenever I get into a town, I use one of the many you know different tools, whether it's you know Yelp, Google, or HappyCow.net, and just find what's around me and, and go explore and go try some local vegan food and, and meet some people. And, and the community is always so welcoming because you you're kind of bonded by this by this lifestyle choice that's rooted in compassion and. and and just caring, and um, and to be able to go and support that, and you know, give it a little bit of social media love, and, and and help other people find and discover those things when they're traveling themselves. Well, brother, you're you're coming to uh, my town here in Washington D.C. September 18th. You're going to be doing the Vegan This event yes, with sir. us here. Uh, I promise to give you the uh, the tour of all tours for vegan cuisine when you get here, man. We have a lot of cool spots here, um, and more opening awesome. every day because more and more people are kind of what I say seeing the light when it comes to this type of lifestyle. That's right, man. They're coming to the light side, right? That's it, man. The light side. I love it, man. Uh, final question here. Let's let's keep it food-based. So we talked about being on the road. Uh, what about when you're at home? Do you spend a lot of time in the kitchen? Yeah, I, I, I've always enjoyed uh, cooking. And even as a kid, I remember I just always watched the cooking shows on, on television. I don't know if you remember, and I might be dating myself, Justin Wilson's Louisiana Yes, cooking. yes. Ooh, I guarantee. Remember that guy? I uh, love him. Yeah, <laughs> they kind of get like an endorsement deal potato chips down the road. I think, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I always enjoyed watching the cooking shows, and so yeah, you know, 
I just, I've had like, I've had a salad like four or five days at home, and I've actually, yesterday, I just spent a lot of time in the kitchen and whipped up a few things, and um, yeah, I enjoy that, and it makes it a lot easier, and, and again, when people say it's really expensive and healthy, um, you know, if you're willing to put the work in the kitchen a little bit, that can greatly reduce the cost, because eating conveniently is the most expensive way to eat, and uh, so if you, you know, can learn to enjoy cooking a little bit and, and put a little love into your food, uh, that, that goes a long way, so... Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of cooking and trying to kind of recreate those things that I enjoyed growing up or, or things that other people think they're going to have to do without. You know, when they go vegan, and kind of recreate that flavor and taste so they, they realize they can still enjoy food and, 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 and do it healthy. Well, check this out, brother. You, you, a lot of people, the, the myth about having to spend your whole paycheck on food when you're eating a plant-based diet. I mean, that that is just that. It is a 100% myth. We just did a show here a couple of weeks ago. We we called it Vegan on a Budget, where we had one of our sure. nutritionists upstairs at the Barnard Medical Center. She and I went to the grocery store. She showed me how you could buy groceries for two people for an entire week for less than $41. And I'm not talking about a small cart of groceries. I'm talking about we filled the cart to its brim and got everything that we needed for $41. And then you just invest a little bit of time in the kitchen, and you're good to go, man. 100%. And it's also just about being smart. It's about value for your dollar. It's not necessarily the, the, the money that you spend, but it's about what value you're getting for that money. And um, I talk about all the time, divide your choice into, into staples um, and, and then luxury items. And, uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, um, you forgot a luxury item or you wait till it's on sale. Like, I would use pickles as an example, man. Like, you would realize, you think pickles, well, pickles are vegan. They are vegan. But most of your regular pickles also have high fructose corn syrup and yellow and yellow number, whatever it is in there. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, I'm not sure, just so it looks pretty, I guess. Um, but if you want just pickles that are just pickles, that are just made of cucumbers and salt, like, well, now it's more expensive. It sometimes can be like $5. And I'm like, well, I can't always justify $5 for a jar of cucumbers as much as I like pickles. But I don't want to spend a dollar ninety nine just because I and it consume all the extra crap. But when they're when they're on sale two for two for five or whatever, I'll buy a few and stock up. So it's about being smart and managing your money the right way because at the end of the day, you don't have to spend an absorbent amount of money on on, on vegan food. You just have to be smart with your choices. And uh, yeah, absolutely, the staple staple items that that I eat and that most people eat on a plant based diet um, aren't expensive. but don't have to be. Um, and uh, I think that that hopefully very soon people will start to realize that and kind of debunk that myth. All right, man. Well, let's let's leave it with this, man. Um, as a guy that's grown up as a fan of wrestling and now a wrestling journalist outside of this position uh, where I'm speaking to you from, um, I will say that that industry that you are in, that you are a talent of, needs an awakening. If you look out into the crowd and you see those fans, um, a lot of them just, they haven't had the opportunity yet to acquire this knowledge and know what it truly means to eat healthy and to get away from the gimmick diets and, you know, the ham and the chicken and all of that stuff. Like, it is so great that you have this platform with that particular audience, niche though it may be, you are still able to open the eyes of millions and millions of people. And I think that that, if I'm you, I consider that to be a great privilege. It is. And, and, and one that, you know, platform that I'm, I'm not, um, it's not, it's not lost on me, uh, how special and powerful that can be if, it, if it's used uh, the right way. And, um, you know, I think just like anything else, you know, 
professional wrestling is it's a large industry, and there, and and you have your corporate entities, and then you have and then you have the rest of the uh, you know the rest of the industry, and um, you know so if you go and seek out, uh, you know, there's different flavors and different different types of uh, wrestling for everybody, just like there's different food choices, and uh, you know on my platform with what I'm doing, I'm going to try to. Uh, Use my story, my 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 platform to to help inspire people to change lives, and uh, you know, and it's not easy because again, like like we all know, the, the amount of money that the corporate entities spend uh, to to keep the status quo is is enormous, and so we all have to do our part, just like you're doing, and like I'm continuing to do to, to help get the information out there so people can make informed choices. And if those informed choices mean buying Wendy's and, and Pizza Hut and, and whoever else, uh, you know, the corporate sponsors of food that they, that they sort of like, that's their choice. Or at, least they, at least they know that they're, uh, they're making it. And, again, just like cigarettes, man, nobody questions if cigarettes are good or bad for you anymore because we put a label on it. Everybody can make uh, informed decisions. Uh, you know, hopefully we get to that, that point with food where, where it's transparent. People can make the informed decisions that they should be able to make. There you go. TheAustinAries.com. That's the place to pick up the book, Food Fight, My Plant-Powered Journey from the Bingo Halls to the Big Time. And, of course, Austin, you are coming to D.C. You're going to hang out with me on September 18th at the Big Vegan This. Before then, we're going to do a whole culinary tour. It's going to be exquisite, my man. Oh, man, I can't wait. I'm, I'm super excited for that. All right, Austin Aries, thank you so very much for taking the time, my friend. Best of luck to you in the future. Chuck, thank you so much. Continue doing what you're doing. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. The Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee rolls along the weight loss champion Chuck Carroll. Still here with you, still on Twitter at Chuck Carroll WLC. That's also good for Instagram. The show at PCRM and at Physicians Committee on Instagram. A little different there. Um, but most importantly, if you would be so kind, if you're hearing this and you have not yet subscribed on iTunes, on Google Play, wherever it is you get your favorite audio from, please go ahead and subscribe to the show. New shows every week, and I'll be your best friend if you give it a five-star rating. Today's show, The Protein Myth. Americans, are we eating too much protein? Kind of seem like a protein-obsessed culture. I think so, according to Dr. Loomis, who was on just a little bit ago, but Let's confirm that now. Registered dietitian from the Barnard Medical Center, Susan Levin, returns to the program. Hello, Susan. Hello, Chuck. And the protein myth. What is the average amount of protein that people are getting on a standard diet? Let's start there. Mm-hmm. So on a standard diet in this country... Most Americans are consuming twice the amount of protein they need. That's two times. That's 200% what you need. Yeah. 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 So, we, we, we have an abundant food supply with lots of variety. Um, we eat more than enough calories, so inevitably we're going to get more protein than we need. Right. I think that Dr. Loomis was saying like it's virtually impossible to have a protein deficiency if you eat 2,000 calories a day. Like he, Not virtually. He said flat out it was impossible. It, it would be incredibly difficult, barring some might argue, well, if you only ate fruit – Right. You would get maybe not the recommended amount of protein, but you, you have to remember the recommended amount of protein uh, covers 98% of the population's needs. So most of us don't even need the recommended amount of protein. And that said, there's studies that show people who eat just fruit um, adapt to that lower protein intake. So it's a very, um, you know, it's all very theoretical, and the government just kind of says, well, you know what, point. Eight grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. 
that's going to cover pretty much the entire population, and let's just not talk about it anymore. That's basically how a lot of our government recommendations are made. It's kind of a kind of a non-issue, I think. Uh, in speaking with you and and the physicians upstairs and and your colleagues, uh, Lee Crosby, the dietitian upstairs as well. Nobody up there that I am aware of has come in with a protein deficiency. No. I mean, people with protein deficiencies have calorie deficiencies, as Dr. Loomis um, said. So You're you, talking like eating disorder people at that sh- point? Eating disordered or um, some a disease that may affect your appetites. So you're just not eating enough. Mm-hmm. Um, elderly people who don't eat enough food. So if you're just not eating enough, whatever the reason might be, um, you're you're not going to get enough calories, so you may not be getting enough protein, too. Now, being as though this is a protein-obsessed culture, and we're already eating, just eating about twice as much, there are still people who will put protein shakes in there, take protein supplements, whatever the case may be, in which case that their protein intake is really kind of going to be off the chart. Mm -hmm. That kind of comes with its own inherent risk, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to overconsume protein and then over consume it again. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have risk. So protein um, is a nitrogen. Let me let me just make this Get scientific. scientific. Go, girl. Let me let me break it down. Um, I wish I could do a song. But <laughs> so if you're going to eat protein, which is a nitrogen-based molecule, nitrogen, some people may or may not know or remember, Uh, becomes ammonia. So it's nitrogen and your hydrogen. That's your ammonia molecule. And when you have ammonia in your body, that's toxic. It's as toxic as it sounds when you have it in a bottle in your kitchen. Um, So your body says, no, 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 let's let's buffer this and let's get it out. So that means what cleans out your blood? Your kidneys. So when your kidneys are pulling out more urine to get rid of that nitrogen molecule, you're, you're taxing your kidneys with more urea or more um, nitrogen. That's also going to dehydrate you because your body, you know, you don't just pee out um, molecules. You sure. have to have the water t- to get that out. So we're dehydrating ourselves. We're making our blood more acidic because ammonia is acidic. We are um, asking our kidneys, which are very, you know, the, the blood vessels on our kidneys are super, super tiny and very fragile, um, which is why it's one of the first organs to go when you have a blood disease like diabetes. It's little tiny blood vessels. So you're asking them to work overtime beyond what we already typically do in our American diets. So kidneys, blood, dehydration, these are all things we should be concerned about. Wow. And you think that you're, you know, doing the body good, trying to get big and strong, and it's kind of anything but. Anything but you know drop the mic done is that kind of the same whether or not person is uh like an endurance athlete versus you and i who are just kind of sitting here not that we don't get a certain level of physical activity but it's you know we're no scott jurek so to speak you know who who ran the appalachian trail right right um no so protein needs to do go up as you work out more because you have to build the the muscle you're breaking down. So an endurance athlete like Scott Jurek will need about twice the protein that is recommended for a regular person. Mm -hmm. But, you know, rewind. We are already eating about twice the protein that we need. So, and, and goodness knows he's eating way more calories than the average person um, just to maintain his weight. So with, again, all those calories, he's eating a lot more protein. So that's just kind of how it's going to go. He's going to get more protein. Now, it's possible that someone who's burning 9,000, 10,000 calories a day 
would actually it's hard to eat that much food um, and run right so it's you know those kind of people yes there's there's a there's room for the supplement market to right. be drinking some of those calories and, and that protein that comes with it maybe this is a silly question maybe it's not you tell me uh, if a person does have that higher protein requirement because they are physically active is that still as toxic on the kidneys because they're still processing more protein or is it you know the body's going to kind of adjust and everything should be okay well it it i would argue it probably is more taxing i mean exercise is a um a stressor right it it creates um, oxidative stress and but on the flip side of that exercise also builds stronger um immunities and it, it it kind of counters itself so i'd not i'm not aware of any research that pulls out athletes specifically to see how damaged their kidneys are versus mm. uh, because of the excess protein needs versus someone who isn't an athlete i would imagine it's all kind of the same and on the same playing field right. but that does underscore for for anybody but certainly for athletes who are also sweating a lot why it's so important to drink a lot of water That'd be kind of an interesting study. Maybe you should get in the ear of the researchers upstairs and be like, you guys need something to do? Right. There you go. Right. <laughs> Run a marathon. Um, the common misconception uh, when it comes to the standard diet is that you need meat, you need dairy to get your protein. How do the protein levels in, say, chicken compare to plant-based foods? Well, so it depends. And um, first of all, you know, biologically speaking again let's break it down to molecules it's really not the protein it's the amino acids in mm -hmm. the protein that's what we need to consume and they're in plants all those amino acids are present in plants now it, it's a lot more varied than what you would see in the muscle of an animal um, so you're going to have really high amounts of protein for example in a bean or in a concentrated bean like tofu mm -hmm. um, or tempeh or soy milk or pea milk or, you know, all these um, more concentrated products are going to have a lot more protein than even your your meat products. Um, but they don't have all the saturated fat and the cholesterol. In fact, they have the fiber that makes it beneficial on, you know. So many other levels. Yeah. Fiber all day. But um, so, yeah, to, to think that, it, and I'll tell you this, vegans, people who follow vegan diets also consume about two, sometimes three times the amount of protein that they need. Uh, now, the protein digestibility is a little different for people who eat, get it from plants because you do ha have all those healthful things like fiber. Mm -hmm. um, so it tends to not be as destructive, I would say, as the protein that you get from animals. That's a delicate balance. Do you, are you conscious when you go through and you, and you plan out your meals for the day, are you conscious about your protein intake at all? Does that even factor in? I, I will tell you, sometimes I think I've eaten too much protein today. I really, really do think that. I'll think, um, uh, I try to make sure that I'm eating beans and if I've had something super concentrated like tofu for lunch it's like well i don't really want to have tofu again for dinner it's just way too much protein mm -hmm. um but yeah i, I kind of think of it in that way and i when i was pregnant i definitely thought about you know am i getting the protein this is the protein that i need for the day because you have to have a little bit extra when you're pregnant in your second third trimesters um it's not that i was worried about not getting it i mean it's more like I just wasn't that hungry when I was pregnant. So I just tried to make sure that whatever I was eating was really had everything. Sure. In it. But otherwise, yeah, no, I no. There's just I mean, look, 
when an elephant is walking around in eating trees and plants and not a bit of meat or dairy, um, he's getting all the protein that he needs to be the beast that he is. Like he's not really counting it and thinking about it. So I just think if we eat what we're supposed to eat, um, we don't have to get down in the dirty details. Right. And uh, we, we touched on this a little bit earlier with Dr. Loomis. Is you, And you really, complete proteins aren't even an issue either. No. Um, it just... It kind of happens if you're eating, you know, your 2,000-calorie diet. It just happens. Right. right. And one one thing I – sometimes I see this in the media, uh, which is an error, when they say that uh, pl- some plants don't have certain amino acids. And that's not true. Actually, the plants have all the amino acids. They're just in varying amounts. So right. what might be low in a bean, for example – is high in a grain. What's low in a grain is high in a bean. Did I say that right? You did. So it's not that they're absent. They're just varying. So that's why um, – and, and so the idea that I need to eat my beans and grains together, um, debunked, just eat a variety of plants throughout the day. Right. Beans for breakfast, rice for lunch, you're good to go. Sure. Right. Uh, just because people are going to ask, you know that they will. Uh, what the plant-based foods in particular are high in protein that you might recommend? Well, I always recommend beans. Um, about You can get about 15 grams of protein from a cup of cooked beans. Uh, a cup of cooked white beans has about 17 grams. So that's a lot of protein when you think about the fact that um, you only need 0.8 grams per kilogram of body weight. So someone who weighs about 125 pounds is going to need about 55 grams. I hope I'm doing the math right. Needs about 55 grams of protein. So I've already gotten 15 in my beans, right? right. So that's that's quite a bit. And even things like um, whole wheat pasta, a cup of whole wheat pasta is going to have, I think, about seven or eight grams of protein in it. So if I'm having my whole wheat pasta in a cup, I mean, I eat a lot more than a cup. Sure. And a cup of chickpeas. Um, maybe I mix that with broccoli and, you know, a third of broccoli's calories or protein. So you're just – you're having a big – I'm getting about half of what I need just in one meal with pasta, beans, and broccoli. So think about over the course of the day with everything else you're eating, you're going to far exceed that very small um, 50, 55 gram requirement. Well, I can, I can tell you, uh, I'm just impressed that you can go from kilograms to pounds so quickly. I've learned to do that because, yeah, the metric system is um, is the standard, but not in conversation. What, uh, real quick, what what is the Uh-oh. kilogram to pound? Um, one kilogram is 2.2 pounds. 2.2 pounds, okay. Good to know. And maybe I can do some math here, but I don't have a calculator in front of me. <laughs> Math was not my strong suit. I've always been an English guy. Yeah. You know? Well, I'm more of a black and white math person. Right. Okay. All yeah. right. Well, you know, next semester, if I'm doing a math class, I'm going to bring it on up to you, yeah. Susan. Don't tell anybody. No. <laughs> uh, so you are available for consultation up at the Barnard Medical Center. You can log on to barnardmedical.org. She's also available to help you with your math homework. That's right. Yes. Especially, especially algebra. <laughs> Is that your strong suit? Yes. I okay. love algebra. So if I come in there with some trig or some geometry, you're just going to shoo me away it has to be algebra i prefer algebra <laughs> okay fair enough no calculus no trig no geometry but kids if you've got algebra susan's your person barnard medical center that's right that's right <laughs> and of course nutrition consultation uh you, you i always love having you on the program thank you so much for Thanks, taking the time Chuck. to do thank this thank you thank you that was a fascinating program today all about protein amazing you know 
I have to say, it reminds me a little bit of when I was a kid in school, learning about the air that we breathe. Air has oxygen in it. That's why we breathe. Um, and nobody says to you, where do you get your oxygen? Oxygen is just in the air you breathe. And, and listening to today's program, I'm really taken by the fact that protein is just part of foods. So whether it's a vegetable or a grain or bean, you're eating these foods, um, they satisfy your hunger, and protein just comes along with it. And if you're an athlete, you're breathing more and more and more. You're breathing faster and faster. You're getting more oxygen along with the air you breathe. You're eating more food, too, because you're burning calories. You're getting more protein along with it. So I'm left thinking, getting protein, it's as easy as breathing. This is, this is a, a really, really simple thing to do. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed today's program. Um, if, you, if we've solved your protein anxiety, please share this program with other people because, you know, they've got it, too. Um, and also... If you haven't done this yet, please go to iTunes and subscribe to the program. Give us a five-star rating so that other people will share your enthusiasm. I'm Dr. Neil Barnard. Thanks for listening to The Examiner.